morning. This is Deacon Pat coming to you live from, actually I'm being recorded, um, from Northern California and this is The Catholic Journey. Welcome, welcome to today's edition and uh, I'm coming to you looking out from the studio window to a beautiful clear blue sky and I know some of you in other parts of the world, actually of the country, um, are having some snow, <laughs> some cold weather and snow. I will say our morning was really, um, really quite uh, chilly. There was even a little bit of, you're going to laugh some of you people in the Midwest. We even had a little bit of frost on, on the car. <laughs> but it's beautiful out. It's sunny. Um, I'm looking at my flagpole and my uh, stars and stripes is just hanging flat. There's no wind to... Um, let that expand. Um, so it's just a beautiful, beautiful November day. Fall is here. The uh, the leaves have started to change colors and they're starting to drop and it's just a beautiful time. Um, looking forward to Thanksgiving coming up. I hope uh, you guys are as well. I know that many of you um, are living in areas where the, uh, the COVID, uh, I guess, virus has increased probably because of the colder weather and um, different areas have different restrictions. We are having some family coming over to our house. Really looking forward to that um, immediate family and uh, be a very small gathering. We're going to actually the weather is so nice that uh, we have a nice large patio in the back of our house um, and we're going to spread out some tables out there and we'll have Thanksgiving outside. Gosh, it might even be uh, reminiscent of um the early, early Thanksgiving days <laughs> where they would, uh, I'm sure, ate outside. Um, or maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. <laughs> well, gosh, I bet uh, you guys have a lot of mixed feelings. Half of the country uh, is feeling one way about this political uh, election and the turmoil that we're in, and another half feel probably the exact opposite. I'm not sure really how it's going to turn out yet. I guess there's... Uh, um, you know, you know what I'm really amazed at is um, kind of the lack of knowledge. Um, not that I'm an expert in any way, but um, a lack of knowledge that so many people have in our country about um, really the way um, the political election process works. And so many people are saying that uh, you know that Biden is now the president elect, but. Um, they must not have paid much attention in civics class because um, they're going off of what the media has determined. Um, these The election has not been certified yet by, by the states. So who, ha who has made Biden the president-elect? It's these media outlets has declared that. Well, they have no power to do that. And especially we know how biased the media is. Um, so that actually makes no sense. But I was really surprised as I was talking to a lot of people. Um, they think it's a done deal that um, that no, he's he's been he's been elected. And when I mentioned to them that, well, who who pronounced that? Um, and and I clarified that the the media has pronounced it, but that it hasn't gone through the certification process, and that there there actually is just dozens of lawsuits challenging. Um, and so until it's certified, um, it's it's not a done deal yet. Anyway, um, we'll see how it turns out. Um, but um, but anyway, I was just uh, kind of amazed how 
how people um, don't really understand the, the process and how much credibility and weight they give to media outlets when we know really how dishonest and agenda-driven they are. That was quite amazing to me. Well, either way, I think if you're a Christian, uh, especially a Catholic, you've noticed how really our church has been um, under persecution for some time. And uh, it looks like um, that there's a good chance that we're going to fall under even deeper persecution um, over the next uh, decade or so. And I think it's it's uh, probably not a coincidence that um, we're going to be switching over pretty soon. Um, you know, our liturgical years in the Catholic Church, we have year A, B, and C, and we're just finishing year A, and now we're going to cycle into year B with the beginning of Advent. And we have corresponding Gospels to each of these years. Um, so year A, we've been hearing from Matthew during all of our Sunday Masses, um, or during the Masses for, for our Gospel reading. And now we'll be transitioning into Mark. And for many of you, this is probably uh, just a reminder that uh, Mark was the actually the first Gospel written. It was written before all the rest. And Mark was uh, writing his gospel at a time of persecution. And let me share just a little bit with you. Um, uh, I pull up something on the internet, which I thought was quite interesting. It says, During the years that Mark uh, was written, the church in Rome was suffering persecution under the Roman emperor Nero. Nero ruled from AD 54 to 68. He is notorious for blaming the Christians for setting fire to Rome in AD 64, and for punishing them in horrible ways. Under the rule of Nero, Rome persecuted the church severely. Initially, Rome was constituted as a republic. Later, after the assassination of Julius Caesar, Augustus led the, his army and occupied the city of Rome and dissolved the Senate. So the Roman Republic became the Roman Empire, and Augustus became its first emperor. That marks the beginning of the history of Roman brutality. In fact, Nero wasn't the worst in terms of persecuting Christians. Uh, other emperors attacked Christianity even more fiercely, and many Christians suffered and were killed by being nailed to crosses or burned to death, according to historical records. So, life was very difficult in many ways for Christians in and near Rome during this period. And Mark uh, designated his gospel to minister to those circumstances. And I think it's really interesting that, um, that we'll be uh, hearing from Mark over this next year and um, how it's going to so closely, I think... Um, so is a so closely will be um, similar to um, the time of persecution that I'm anticipating that we are going to endure, and um, and I think Mark's wisdom that he wrote at the time for his persecuting uh, fellow um, citizens will be helpful to us as well. Um, just to add, so Mark's gospel made it clear that whatever difficulties or temptations the Roman Christians faced as they suffered for Christ. They could be sure that Christ had already faced them. He had been unjustly condemned in a Roman court. 
He had been beaten by Roman soldiers, and he had been crucified on a Roman cross. But through his suffering, Jesus had been victorious, and Mark wanted to assure his audience that if they followed Jesus faithfully, they would be conquerors too. Yes, they would suffer, but their suffering would be their path to glory, just as it had been for Jesus. So, very interesting for us to think about. Think about our own uh, beliefs, our Christianity. Uh, For us Catholics, our Catholic faith, what do we believe in? It's going to be quite interesting if Biden ends up winning uh, this presidential election. Uh, because, you know, he claims uh, to be Catholic, and, and who am I to judge him? I don't know his heart. I just know some of his external actions. So he claims to be Catholic, but he's a staunch supporter of abortion, and which is um, is contrary to the faith. The Catholic faith sees abortion as an intrinsic evil. There's nothing good about it at all. Um, it 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 uh, in the hierarchy of evil, it is at the very top, and yet he 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 talks about being Catholic, but yet he's a staunch supporter of abortion. Even my understanding is is abortion up to the time of birth, and um, and so here we are possibly going to be having a president who claims to be Catholic and is going to be giving this message out there that abortion is fine. What a mixed message is that going to be for Catholics, not only of the United States, but of the world? So my question is, if that happens um, and he's elected, what are we going to do as, as the clerics in the Catholic Church, the lay people of the Catholic Church? How are we going to respond when he acts in such a way by because um, he already came out, I, my understanding, and said um, some of the executive orders that President Trump has put in place for the protection of pro-life and the innocence of the unborn, that he has already said he's going to reverse those. So when he does that, are we as Catholic clergy and parishioners, um, lay people, religious, are we going to just hit the airwaves and the streets and written articles in, in how that's so um, contrary to the faith and that, um, that it's abhorrent. And um, I wonder, I wonder, I know what I'll do, but, but, um, but what about our leaders? What about our shepherds? What about our Pope? What about our bishops? Are, are they going to speak out or are they going to allow this ambiguity um, this fogginess, this haziness of the Catholic tenets to just spread and 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 be pervasive throughout our culture. You know, I think one of the problems of where we're at right now is with having such wishy-washy Catholics, lukewarm Catholics, uncatechized Catholics, is because of um, the inability or the ineffectiveness or right out just um, refusal of the spokespersons of the Catholic Church to um, just fervently attack the um, the pronounced uh, mistruths of the Catholic faith, especially by the Catholics. We've allowed um, this distortion to go unchecked for the most part, there's a few wonderful uh, bishops out there, um, but but um, it's gone mostly unchecked 
uh, for decades, and look where we're at. I guess what comes to mind is you reap what you sow. <laughs> Um, and I, I think that's very interesting on where we're at right now in our culture. Um, but again, so I guess I need to pull this back and, and really just share, you know, my internal reflection on, on what, what do I do as a person? You know, I, I feel like I wear two different hats. Um, in, 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 in one <clears throat> mechanism, I am, I'm a Catholic clergy. I'm a deacon. I I I speak up for the teachings of the church, um, and then I also have my secular life, <clears throat> which it doesn't change that I'm an ordained person. But I have this other world that I um, I I have one foot in, and it's my work um, at the hospital and with a variety of people. <clears throat> I think most of them know I'm a religious person. Um, and and as for being ordained or a cleric, you know, people come from so many different paths in life. I don't think they understand some of them what they don't understand what that even actually means. Um, but um, but I think they know that I'm a Christian for sure, and that I have deep faiths, and somehow I'm connected with the church. <laughs> and then but then others understand what 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 my role is as well basically to be the herald of the gospel, the, the truth, and try to live the truth and be an example of the truth and to spread that truth and and, uh, and try to uh, be that reflection of Christ in the world, which aren't we all called to do that anyway? And uh, But anyway, I started reflecting a little bit about, okay, where are we going for 2021? And because it's not looking like... Um, the political leadership surrounding that affect me the most remember i'm in california is moving in the direction of being more pro-christian more pro-life it's actually moving in the opposite direction and i think that's true for a lot of people around the country so i think we need to reflect on some level in regards to well what am i going to do about it you know for the most part many of us don't have the ability or the influence to make uh, significant changes at the highest level, you know, meaning like the the presidency or the Senate. I think our biggest power is with our ability to vote. Um, so so scaling that back down and thinking, um, you know, what are we going to do in our personal life? Where do we have influence? Um, and that really has to do with um, who is, what is our circle of influence? Our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, are actually drilling it back down even even further. Is is our our immediate family? It would be, you know, your spouse, your children, um, your siblings, um, and what what is our relationship with them? Um, what example are we exhibiting with them? Do we have um, a prayer life that that includes and, and supports them? Um, are we that constant witness of of Christianity and the truths? You know, God and Jesus is truth, and so their their way of life, their way is truth. Are we imitating that truth in our life? And by doing so, I think it will resonate the most to the people around us. But we need to use our voice. Um, it it can't it can't be that we just try to live the best 
life that we can live, we also need to use our voice and looking for opportunities to call things out. Now, this part of this means being courageous, and it means when you see things that are that are unjust, is that we speak up for it. Yes, there's risk. There's risk in that. Gosh, there was risk in being a Christian at the time where, where, of early Christianity as well. But I think we need to um, we need to act. I think by sitting back and being fearful, it only allows evil to prevail. Um, they talk about you know the different sins in life, and one of the gravest of all sins, uh, I think Padre Pio even shared this, was the sin of omission, is to sit back and do nothing and to let evil win. So again, we have to be realistic on, on where our influence can be used the most, and many of us, it's in a very local area, it's at the lowest level, and I think we need to pursue that. You know, the Catholic Church believes in subsidiarity, and that's really having the lowest, trying to have governance at the lowest level um, to enact change and to represent people. So if there's something that can be done at, at a local level, um, it should be done at a local level and not um, moved to higher and higher levels because that removes um, the decision-making away from the people that it affects the most. And so I think that same concept is, should be used in just living and sharing our faith. It should start at the lowest, more direct level. And that's our family. That's our family. It's our friends. It's our church community. So one of the things I'm thinking about for 2021 um, and this has to do with my new parish assignment at St. Joseph's Church in Marysville, California, is thinking about what kind of communities do we have there. And I don't mean just the community that meets um, on Sunday for Mass, but what other small group communities, what kind of activities. I was talking to um, Father uh, Mihau, uh, the pastor, the other day, and I said, well, what are we doing for like Advent, Lent, are we going to have any kind of missions? Um, you know, I loved when we would bring in certain speakers from other areas um, and they would come and we would hold a mission for three days during the week and you'd come every night, you know, for three nights. And it really helped by reflecting on whatever their uh, theme was and really inspired us to be more than we are. And uh, so we're starting to think about what we're going to do for Lent. I think Advent's just around the corner. We don't have enough time to uh, to prepare for that. But I think we're going to start thinking about for uh, Lent, um, you know, after a few months um, after the beginning of the year, and think about what are we going to do for a mission there. We'll probably start off the first year, I'm thinking, with... Um, we'll probably do it ourselves. I'll take one night. Father Michal will take one night. We'll have someone else do another night. And then the following year, we'll bring bring somebody in, like the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal or or, or somebody. Um, it's just a, you know, a dynamic uh, speaker that will help uh, us grow closer to Christ. And um, so that's one thing is having missions. I think having small groups. I think we need to develop a men's group. Um, St. Joseph's, I don't believe, has one. Um, with different prayer groups, rosary groups, um, ways that we can get together and, uh, and you can socialize, but you can also nourish each other. You can model good behavior for each other. Uh, it develops these relationships where you can console each other. 
um, and inspire each other to grow in holiness and to make you feel like you're not alone in this world. Um, you know, especially in California, um, people living a devout, fervent Christian life. If I was looking at all my neighbors um, down the street, um, I, I don't think that there is too many of them around. So I think we need to um, develop these relationships so we can have this bond with people that will support us and strengthen us. But it doesn't mean that we isolate or we live in a silo and, and that's all we hang around with. You have to go out into the world too and share that message of truth um, and, and honesty and reality with others. But you can't do that all the time without coming back to your base where you can get re-nourished and re-strengthened and validated for, you know, for what you're doing in the world. So I think we need to have that blend. So I guess my thought for you is um, on this day, November 21st, is to start thinking a little bit about um, what is your 2021 going to be like? Um, are you going to do anything different are you going to grow in your in really your your faith? Um, what are you going to do? And I don't mean thinking about a New Year's resolution, but maybe it could be. But it's a faith-based one. What are you going to do to be able to deepen your faith, make a difference in this world, um, starting with really the your circle of influence as well? And um, and then where are we going to take this year? Um, you know, the ultimate goal is, is really that entrance into heaven, but it's also uh, trying to be uh, an effect on other people's lives and giving them the opportunity uh, to, 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 to make their way into heaven as well. So just a few thoughts to share with you. Thank you for taking the time to uh, listen uh, to The Catholic Journey. I look forward to uh, spending more time with you um, as the weeks go by. And have a beautiful, beautiful fall day. Although it might be winter for some of you guys in the Midwest. But for here, at least, it's a beautiful uh, fall day. And we're enjoying the weather. So God bless you and may God always keep you. <music>